I hate Christians. This common phrase rarely escapes the prison of my mouth, but festers and stews in the crockpot of my mind when I see you. You know who you are. Not all Christians, but those few. The parent disowning their gay son. The pastor blaming school shootings on the unrepentant sin of their congregation. The seminary student using his budding Bible knowledge to bully the seeking soul who now, thanks to you, feels that they have no place with God. And every time I see you, I find myself scurrying, hurriedly reassuring I'm not that type of Christian. The stereotype turned up way too loud and I can't find the off switch for your hate. I can't turn down your judgment and if I play it backwards, I swear I'll hear your hypocrisy speaking clearly. I nearly want to tear off the label altogether. Just call me a friend of Christ, a believer, a spiritual person. Anything to get away from an association with a nation of denominations without coordination, lack of integration, and substantiation. But where is your grace? Who's the last face you looked into and simply said it's okay? But your Facebook debate is more important, right? What will the world do if they don't hear from you on how I can't vote Democrat and still be a believer? Oh, blaming deceiver, bearing a name that you profane with every Samaritan you step over. Oh, Pharisee, blind to see the least of these, and you and me profess to believe the same thing. We married the same dude. We wear the same ring. And so, friend, brother, Sister, wife, I take back what I said before. I do not hate you. Not because I don't feel it, but because that doesn't help anything or anyone. Don't hate the believer. Hate the judgment. Hate the distortion. Hate the foolishness, but I do not hate you. I love you. And I wish we could talk about that word. Maybe agree on what it means and what it looks like for both of us to act on it. I see you. And we need you. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? All right, we're a little low in number. A whole lot of folks sick. Y'all know usually... My family fills this whole front row up, but um, someone's sick. She says she's sick. Y'all pray for Alana. Um, but God is faithful. Everybody's having a good 2019 so far? All right. Y'all sound confident. All right. 2019 going all right? All right. Praise God. All right. So um, we're starting. Well, we haven't. We're not starting. We're continuing our series of our mission statement. You guys know what our mission statement is? Real. Reach. All right, you guys are going to say this so much that when somebody asks you about Hope Haven, it's just going to flow like water. Um, so the purpose of this is for us to have a clear understanding of what our vision is here at Hope Haven Church, okay? Um, a lot of churches don't have a clear vision. Um, so you become a part of something, but you don't know what the mission of the church is. So the purpose of this is so you can understand what our mission is, why we're here, why God planted us to be a church. And every week I'm basically going over uh, each part of our acronym so that you guys understand what Hope Haven is about. All right? Um, so week one we talked about R, which is reach. And how do you reach? Somebody is calling me while I'm preaching. I'm about to turn it on and let them hear the word. How about that? All right. Praise God. You're going to listen to the word. R is for reach. All right? And how do we reach? Reach up, reach out. Oh, Vance Davis ain't even been here. She got it. Somebody been listening to the podcast. <laughs> you got caught. You was listening. <laughs> we reach up. We reach up to God first as he is our source of everything. 
if we don't reach up to him first, we can't reach out to nobody. So our first goal, our first mission, our first purpose is to reach up to him as the source of our strength. After we reach up to him and he endows his spirit on us, we reach out. We reach out to our communities. We reach out to our loved ones. We reach out to our families. We reach out to our friends. We reach out all around. We, we reach out to just community as a whole. And then after we reach out, we reach down. Now, this does not mean we're above anyone. What it means is that sometimes people may have fallen. So our purpose is to reach down, to pull them back up, so then we can reach out. Y'all dig what I'm saying? So, so I'm going to reach down, I'm going to pull you up, and then I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to hug you. All right? Week two, we talked about E, evangelism. And I said, if I could put one word to the message last week, what would that word be? Go. 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 All right, so evangelism. And what is evangelism? It's proclaiming or sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right, so the purpose of evangelism is that after I reach, now I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to share with you who he is and how I'm able to reach. I want to share with you my testimony on why I am a believer. I want to share with you on why I believe. And we talked on last week uh, in the book of Matthew where Jesus is sitting here in, in the town. And the Bible says he visits where? Everywhere, which tells us what? That he doesn't discriminate. He goes after everyone. He doesn't, he doesn't look at color. He doesn't look at race. He doesn't look at sex. He doesn't look at any of that. What God is looking at is the soul. And if Jesus could go and minister to everyone, why can't we? And I talked about my own convictions last week on how I've put up blinders in my past. And, 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 and for whatever reason, I made up in my mind who could be saved and who couldn't based off of what I thought Jesus wanted. And I began to become Jesus myself. But that's not the mission that God told us to do. In Matthew 28, he says, go into all the world proclaiming or preaching the gospel, baptizing them. So our purpose is to just go. And then we learn in the book of St. Luke, the 11th chapter, y'all got me flowing today, that Jesus sent out 70 of, his, 70 of his disciples two by two. And he shared with them what? That if they don't accept the word, do what? Wipe the dust off of their feet and keep moving. So what does that tell us? That tells us that even Jesus is sharing with us that everybody's not going to accept the gospel. So you can't take it personal. You can't take it personal. So what Jesus says after he, he goes into the town, the Bible says he teaches in the synagogue. He proclaims where? He preaches, proclaims, and then he what? Lord, y'all going to take some notes. He heals. <laughs> so he teaches. He preaches. This is all last week. It's only a week, seven days. He, he teaches in the synagogue. He preaches to the people, and he heals them of all manners and diseases. So teaching deals with what? The mind, intellect. Preaching the gospel deals with the, the heart, the soul. And healing deals with the, which tells us that Jesus' ministry was for what? The whole man. The gospel is for the whole man. All right, so if we're just preaching, but we're not teaching, and we're not healing, now healing doesn't necessarily mean an altar call with lines and oil. Sometimes healing is reconciliation. Can I help y'all? Sometimes healing is I'm sorry. Sometimes healing is I was wrong. Sometimes healing is I'm moving on. You ain't no good for me. Oh, Lord, I, I felt that. So that hit somebody's soul right there. <laughs> Sometimes in order to heal, you got to leave. Sometimes for you to have peace, you have to remove some people out of your life. So healing goes beyond just the physical of, of the arms and the legs. And can I go a step further? For those of us that just believe that everybody can be healed of everything, that is not true. Paul shares with us that God put a thorn in his flesh. And he prayed three times for God to remove it. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient. Basically, there are certain things that some of us have to live with. Now, I'm not saying God does not heal. I believe in the power of healing. 
I believe that if God has called and God has spoken for things to be healed, I've seen some of you, I know some of your personal testimonies of the healing power of God, but the healing of the power of God in your life was for purpose. Sometimes God healed you because he knew that you would share the gospel of your healing. Anybody in here? Anybody here have a testimony that you shared after God brought you through, you were able to share and be a testimony of the healing power of God? But what good is it for God to heal some folks and ain't going to tell nobody about his healing power? So he teaches, he proclaims, he heals all people that are willing to accept the word. And the Bible does not say they came to him. The Bible in that text said what? He went to them. So what does that tell us about evangelism? We got to go out. We can't just say, come here. We can't wait for them to come in here every Sunday. Because I guarantee most of you have told at least one or two or three or five or ten or twenty people about Hope Haven. I'm sure some of y'all probably shared, uh, retweeted, rehashed, I don't even know all the terms anymore, uh, uh, on social media about your church and they still haven't come. Sometimes you have to go to where they are in order to reach them and to share the gospel. So now we have got to the A. And the A is acceptance. Now I'm going to stop right there real quickly because um, that term can be used in a bad connotation. Because what some folks will say is they'll look at our mission statement and they'll say, oh, you guys just accept anything. No, 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 no. We don't accept sin. We don't condone sin. We preach against sin. Y'all dig what I'm saying? What we mean by acceptance is we're open to what God allows. We accept the will of God. Y'all with me? So when we say acceptance, what we're saying is we're accepting to the will of God, meaning that God, if you do something that I'm not used to, I'm open for you to do it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? So, so uh, in times past, and we're going to get to that in the scripture, the church had blinders on because they were used to church being a certain type of way. And I'm talking about first century church. I ain't talking about 2017 church. We ain't going to get into the, the isms and schisms. And the, I said 2019, right? Okay, I, ain't, I said 2017. 2019. Close enough. The, <laughs> ain't too much change. Um, too many blinders on, and we've missed our mission. We've missed our purpose because we've looked with tunnel vision, and God has given us peripheral. <laughs> God has given us eyes to look from every angle, but we're only looking in one angle. So what we're saying to God with our mission is that, God, we're allowing you to take us to different areas and different lanes that we might not be comfortable with, we may not understand, but if it's your will, we're going to do it. So we're going to go to the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. Are y'all with me so far? I ain't going to be too long today. 10 and 44. 10 and 44. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Acts 10 and 44. You guys there? All right, somebody said no, I'm going to wait for you. All right, all right. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the gospel, somebody say the gospel. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the gospel. Say the gospel. So while he was speaking the gospel, the Spirit came on those who heard the gospel. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. We're going to talk about accept. Accept, acceptance, accepting, however, you, whatever tense you want to put it in. We want to deal with the A in our mission statement. Sometimes what God will do is he'll put you in positions 
to prepare you for a great assignment. And if I could be honest with you for just a couple moments, transparent, as Roy said, the last three months for me have not been very easy. Personally. And the reason that I believe that certain things have arisen in my life over the last year and a half is to prepare me and prep me for an assignment that's bigger than where I'm at right now. And every time I find myself in a hard situation and my back against the wall, I have to constantly remind myself that there's something big and there's something that has purpose to why I'm going through what I'm going through. Because if I fold too early, or if you fold too early, you'll miss out on the big picture of what God has planned in your life. So it's important, and I don't know who I'm talking to today, but it's important that you keep fighting. It's important that you keep pushing because everything that you're going through is giving you a testimony to help someone else. So sometimes God will put you in some tough situations to prep you for a big assignment. You guys ready for some Sunday school real quick? Selena's ready. <laughs> so Jesus comes on the scene. He's baptized. I'm not even going to ask questions because y'all are like, oh. <laughs> Look, Vanessa already nervous. <laughs> Jesus comes on the scene, right? 30 years old. Baptized by John the Baptist, and there's two disciples that immediately follow him. What's their names? I said I won't ask no questions. I'll trick you. Trick. Pop quiz. John, James, and then there were two other brothers. Andrew, and you better go ahead. Y'all better clap y'all hands. Somebody was reading their Bible this year. Immediately, they start following Jesus. They're Galileans, they're Jews. And all they know is the ministry of Jesus. And during that time, in most cases, when Jesus ministered, he ministered to people that looked like them. The time that he kind of stepped outside of the box, he told them not to go, but he went. And he went to a Samaritan woman. And a Samaritan was like, uh, just to break it down in layman's terms, they were like, a half Jew, a half Christian. They mixed and mingled their religions with Judaism. So Jesus told his disciples in around John 3 to go everywhere but Samaritan, 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 Samaritan. There is Samaritan in Samaritan. See, I had to help myself. So we looked throughout all the scriptures. And we see all 12 disciples are Jewish. Y'all with me? We go through the scriptures. He lays hands in Capernaum, which is a town full of Jews. Bethany, Mary, Martha, Lazarus are Jews. Joseph, um, the man that, that prepared the tomb for him, Jew. Nicodemus, Jew. So looking at this point, up to this point, it looks like Jesus' ministry appears to be just for the Jews. Y'all with me? But if we go back to the uh, 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 prophets in the Old Testament, Isaiah particularly, he shares with us that there's going to be a time that the Gentiles would worship with the Jews. So God cannot lie. There's a scripture somewhere saying that these people will be saved too. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the, not the Jews, not just Israel, but the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. That the Jews, whosoever, the Israelites, the Benjamites. The Judahites, the Reubenites, the Gadites, 
the half tribe Manasseh, the Levites, Danites. All right, I ain't gonna try to remember no more. Ephraimites, Ephraimites, Ephraim. No, it says, whosoever shall believe. That means the door is open for everybody. But up to this point, they're used to church only being one kind of way. I'm going to go a step further. Jesus dies and tells them to tarry till I return. I'm going to send forth my Holy Spirit. And 120 of them go up into a room in Jerusalem and they pray. And they pray for 40, 50 days. And on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is a Jewish holiday. It's a Jewish feast. All Jews from all nations in Acts 2 were there when the Holy Spirit fell. And they came out of the room speaking in unknown tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Jews say, who are these men? They must be drunk. And Peter stands up and says, no, no, we're not drunk, being that it's only the ninth hour. But this is what the prophet Joel spoke of in Joel, the second chapter, that in, my last, in the last days, I, God, will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is nothing more but God's word coming to pass. And on that day, 3,000 Jews were saved and added to the church. They went to Jerusalem. And 5,000 Jews were added to the church. But the Bible says that God died for whosoever believeth. And now God is getting ready to shake things up out of what the church was used to. So now he finds a centurion by the name of Cornelius. This is in the same chapter, Acts 10, verse 1, if you want to read it on your own. I don't have time to go through the whole thing. And he has a dream to go see Peter. But God knowing the kind of person Peter is, he has to prep him and prepare him for this assignment. Peter goes up to a room to pray. And as he goes up to a room to pray, a four-legged creature is on the roof. And God tells him to eat it. And Peter gets indignant with Jesus and says, I've been eating clean my whole life. The devil is a liar if I'm going to eat that mess. And the Bible says, Jesus says, don't call what I call clean, unclean. And the Bible says he says it three times. And finally, Peter gives in because he recognizes that this is the revelation of God. And when he comes down off of the roof, he sees these Italians, Gentiles coming to be saved. God had to prep him for this assignment. And what God is doing for some of y'all, because I know some of us, we've been raised, born in church, and things look a little weird, a little different of how church is operating here in Hope Haven. But you have to understand that you got to take your blinders off because God is going to do something new. And if we keep looking at it this way, we're only going to draw those that are already saved. But if we're looking for people that have never heard the gospel, we may have to do church a little differently than how we're used to because they don't understand the ins and outs of how everybody else does it. So Peter comes down, watch this, and he starts evangelizing. He starts sharing the gospel with them. Y'all with me? He starts, he does nothing else but sharing the gospel with them. Y'all ready for this? Last week, Jesus said that the, the field is what? Ripe. <laughs> uh-huh. And he says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Now watch this. What is harvest? A harvest is when everything is ready to be picked. Y'all, you better go ahead, Miss Time. 
when it's harvest time, it means that the fruit is ready to be pulled. It just needs somebody to pull it. <laughs> so watch this. If it's ready to be pulled, I don't have to cultivate it. I don't have to water it. I don't have to preach to it. I have to tell it's going to hell. All I got to do is give it the gospel, which is pulling it because it's already ready to be pulled. Watch this here. All Peter did was share the gospel. Y'all with me? After he shared the gospel to these men that were ripe. <laughs> it did not say he laid hands. I'm going to mess y'all up today because some folks say you got to have hands laid on you to get the Holy Ghost. Some folks say you got to shout to get the Holy Ghost. Some folks say you got to run around to get the Holy Ghost. Some folks say you got to do this and do that and do all of these works to be saved or works for the Holy Spirit. But I was told that the Holy Ghost is a gift. Now, if Darnell has to do a monkey dance for me to give him a gift, it's not a gift. He worked for it, so I'm giving him the wages of what he worked for. If I have to dance to get the Holy Ghost, I work for it. So it's rightfully mine. It's no longer a gift. Are y'all with me today? So Peter does nothing more but share the gospel. And after he shares the gospel, while he was still speaking, he did not lay hands. He did not holler. He did not jump. He did not shout. While all he did was share the goodness of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came on everybody that heard the message. Woo. Can you imagine how powerful it is when all you talk about, all you got to do is talk about the name of the Lord and somebody gets filled? All he did was talk about Jesus and talk about the Christ dying on the cross. And that enough was enough for these men to be filled. The Bible says that they heard the message, not necessarily just took it in, but they took it in and received it. Because why? Because they were ripe. They were part of the harvest that only needed to hear the word. Can I help y'all? The church don't need a performance. The church doesn't need a whole bunch of gimmicks and games. What the church needs is the word. And when we get the word, we can transform the world. So when the spirit came on all those who heard the message, watch this. The circumcised believers who came with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Sometimes God will allow folks just to just be around so they can witness the miracle of what he's getting ready to do. So God brought these men in to do nothing more but witness what he's doing, what he was getting ready to do for this new group that he was getting ready to add to the church. So no one could say it was phony. No one could say it was fake. No one could say they're pretending. No, God put them in position so that they can see along for themselves that this is really an act and a move of God. My question for you today is can you be like Peter and trust the voice of God? Remember, he's on a roof his whole entire life. Man, I, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm in a whole other phase right here because this is working for me. He's on a roof. And his whole entire life, he has done everything according to the law when it, become, when it comes to diet. He has never ate pig feet. Never had a ham sandwich. Never had crab legs. See, some of y'all, y'all done already missed glory. <laughs> no, 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 no clams, no shrimp. Mm -mm. No, 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 don't, even, don't even think about red lobster, Selena. No, 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 no red lobster, no seafood shanty. Y'all remember seafood shanty? I know how old y'all are when you say that. Seafood shanty, that was before red lobster. You made it when you went to seafood shanty. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no shellfish. 
No, nothing with a hoof. Not, not all that stuff, y'all. Curry goat. Uh-uh. 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 Not, none of that. You, his whole life, he's been eating right, and now God tells him to so-called break the law. Can I go a step further? Your whole life church started at 11 o'clock. Your whole life we started church with this service, with this song. Your whole life church went this way. Your whole life we were supposed to act and be this way. And now God tells you not to sin, but to look at it from this view. Can you handle it? I'm going to sit down in a minute. Y'all like, leave me alone. I like the way, I, I like me some Shirley Caesar. No, no, ain't nothing wrong with Shirley. But what happens if they never heard Shirley? What happens if they don't know a gospel song? What happens if they don't have rhythm and they can't shout? <laughs> Darn it, let me stop some things are cultural. I'm, I'm, I'm a, it ain't wrong, but it's cultural. Because if it was universal, every church would be doing it. But that's our expression of praise. But what happens when God sends you to someone else that does not understand your expression, but they need the gospel? Can you lose your expression to give them the gospel? Or are you so narrow-minded that you can only give it to them one kind of way? Because that's the way that I was taught, and that's the only way it can be. And how many times have we missed our calling, or we've missed our purpose? I'm talking about me. Because this is outside of what I'm used to. I'm struggling because we don't have a baptism pool. But I learned in the book of Acts that an Ethiopian wanted to be baptized. And the apostle, Philip, the deacon, Philip said, well, there's water right there. That's not normal church. That's not how we do church. Uh-uh, we need a baptism pool. We need some robes. We need the choir. It has to be this way or I ain't being baptized. I'm sorry, y'all, but I don't want to go too deep with this. I, 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 when I read of the Last Supper and when I read of communion, I don't see a lot of so-called church structure to it. I'm going to get in trouble with this podcast. I'm going to get in trouble with this one. And I'm not knocking, please. Let me help y'all. If it works and that's what God called a church to do, praise God. But we cannot judge when God has called someone from a different angle. So, it's a lot of our structure and because it's not done our way, we shun anyone from receiving or getting the gospel because they're not doing it the way that only we know how to do it. So the question that I have again is if God shows you himself from a different angle, are you willing to flow with him? Or are you so stuck in your legalistic mindset that you'll miss reaching a person because they don't have a skirt on? Well, you miss the message because the preacher don't have a tie on. Oh, I'm guilty. Well, you miss the message because the song has not come out of a hymn book. Forget the fact that it's drawing souls every Sunday. But because I can't see it from this angle, it can't be right. So Peter immediately does something, he acts on what God says, even when it's not popular. And 
God puts him under pressure and puts him in position to where it's not popular, but he has to trust him. I'm not a popular preacher right now. Ain't nobody calling me. Everybody's scared of me right now. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. They're scared of me right now. They think I have lost my mind. I have not lost my mind. I believe in God. I know that Jesus saves. I've been baptized. I am sanctified, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. I will speak in tongues right now if I have to. Let me tell you, I will bust out and shout and give them glory. Don't, don't y'all get it confused. This is just where I'm at right now. But in a couple of weeks, I might holler and scream and hoop and dance. And we might have to get a musician. But there's some folks that can't handle God showing somebody a different angle. So they shun you. And they fail to understand they're locking the door on other souls rather than saying, let me see your view. This would have been the ultimate no-no back in Peter's day. To be seen with non-Jews and to be sharing the gospel with them. It would have been a no-no. Just like it's a no-no for somebody to see y'all talking to a Muslim in certain groups. Because we saved over here. You can't talk to them. So Peter had to deal with being ostracized by the so-called Christians, can I go a first step further, that was filled with the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me today? I know I'm... I'm, I'm. <laughs> uh, he, he, he's dealing with tongue-speaking Holy Ghost believers, and he's saying, I got a different angle. And in the book of Galatians, I believe the second or third chapter, Paul says Peter falls under the conviction. And when he sees the Jews coming, he gets up and walks away from the publicans or from the, from the Gentiles. And Paul had to rebuke him. Y'all can read that. So Peter now does an ultimate no-no. He ministers to people that he's not supposed to minister to. Watch this. And the circumcised believers who came with Peter were astonished at the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're astonished because this is not the way that we're used to seeing church. We're used to Jewish Christianity. We're used to it just being us in there. I'm not used to seeing no white people in my church. Not used to seeing no Spanish people in my church. I'm used to my church looking like me. And when they see someone not look like them, speaking in tongues just like them, praising God just like them, it freaks them out. I'm going to be honest. I've been to Pentecostal churches that wasn't black and they freaked me out. Because I thought only we did it like that. And I found out they got the same Holy Spirit I got. And they're astonished because you're telling me these Gentiles know how to break out too? <laughs> Y'all with me? For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Watch this. Then Peter said, surely no one, look at your neighbor say no one, no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. After we've just seen the demonstration of God on them, we cannot question the power of God on them. Mm. When God shows his demonstration of power on Hope Haven, the people from afar are going to have to say there's no way in the world that we cannot deny or that we can deny that the power of God is in that place. They may not dress like us, they may not act like us, they may not talk like us, but Lord, when that spirit falls on them folks, Sister Selena break down and she be tearing that church up. Then, watch this, they asked Peter, hold on, so he ordered, I'm sorry, that they be baptized in the name, I'm going to leave that alone, of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Why? Because right there, 
a church had just been established. I'm almost done. A church had just been established, a Gentile church. And the purpose of an apostle, I'm a, oh, help me, God, I'm trying to lead us somewhere. I ain't trying to go too deep with y'all today. The purpose of an apostle is to lay foundation and go. Lay foundation and go. So watch this. They have foundation. They're just built a little differently. You guys ever been to a development? A housing development? No? Oh, okay. I thought you said no. I'm like, Lord, let me get in my car after church, girl. I'm going to take you around the corner. <laughs> you go through a housing development. A lot of them, you ever notice here, they have like a cookie cutter, cutter model? Like every, uh, like every third house looks like, looks alike. They have the same foundation. They just have a different approach on how they're built. The apostle laid the foundation. The Gentiles just built it with a different approach. Hmm. And all we should be questioning when we see churches do things differently than us is what is their foundation? And if their foundation is on Christ, then I got to leave everything else alone. Y'all with me? What is their foundation? Do they believe that he rose again on the third day? Do they believe in baptism? Do they believe in communion? Do they believe that he's the son of God? Do they believe in the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ? And if they believe in that, they might sing contemporary music, but they know Jesus. I'm going to leave it alone. We're kicking down buildings with the same foundation. We're destroying churches that are built on the same foundation. And if Christ is the foundation and you're destroying his house, who do you think you're going to have a problem with? Y'all. If they come in here and destroy what we're trying to build here, but Christ is our foundation, they have not offended us. They have offended Christ. Y'all with me? I'm going to tell y'all now, uh, next week, next month, we're dealing with relationships. That'll be a, more, that'd be a little ha happier. March, we're going to have some church. Um, but I want to just really make sure that division is clear in here. So when I say accept, what I mean, what we mean, is that we see church from a different view. And we're willing to accept the will of God to whoever he sends. Ah, but they this and they that and they that and they this. That's not our calling. My calling is this. They come in and they're alcoholic. And I preach the gospel every Sunday. And as they hear the word, <laughs> as they hear the word, they'll be filled with the spirit. I don't have to look at them every Sunday and say, you drinking? I see you. I seen that. I smell it all on you. <laughs> no, 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 no. My job is to preach the gospel. Somebody helped me early when I first started Hope Haven. I said, oh, no, man. It's, it's a lot of different stuff coming in. And he said, I told you to save them. I got quiet quick. He said, that ain't your job. He said, you telling me about who you need to save. He said, that's not your calling. God's calling is to, for you to preach the gospel, and he saves. And it changed my whole approach that day. Now they come in, and I don't care. I care, but I don't care. I care about their soul, but I don't care about how they come in. Because I am so convinced that this gospel is so real and so bad and so awesome that if I keep preaching this thing, you're going to see some transformation yes, sir. up in here. There will be transformation when the gospel is preached and the gospel only. So I challenge you guys this week, and I'm closing. Woo! Talked a while today. Except 
When you see people, before you judge, look from another angle. Well, why are they like that? What stems them to react the way they react? Why are they always angry? Let me minister. Let me talk. Let me pray. Let me, next week, love on them. I got to watch the way I say love on them. Because y'all are like, oh, yes, I love this church. No, 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 no. No, no. Love them. And when we begin to see it from that angle, you'll see a huge transformation in the church. Praise God. All right, I'm going to give you the three points and I'm going to sit down. Uh, point number one. God will blow your mind. I know this sounds so simplistic, but it is very true. God will blow your mind if you trust him. Peter was doing a great work up to this point. Thousands were being added to the church. And then God opens a whole nother avenue and lets Gentiles come in too. Because he was willing to accept the gospel from another angle. And God blew his mind. Number two. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Take your view out of everything that pertains to God's will. Well, God, I don't like the way you do it. Uh, uh, uh. Who are you? What God calls clean, let no man call unclean. Number three. Don't allow legalism to prevent you from seeing the big picture of God's plan. Take the blinders off. I, listen, because I got to constantly say this because folks think I'm just becoming just some sin-free natured preacher. I'm, I, am not, I am never going to condone anything outside of the word of God. But what I am going to say is don't allow what's not in there, your man-made laws. Because a lot of stuff ain't in the Bible. A lot of stuff that's been added in the church was added by men. Take that out. Now, if it's in the Word, I can't condone it. But if I come in here and I start judging you based off of how I feel and my opinion and what I think you should look like and how I feel like you should be, then I'm in the way of God's big plan. Remove your legalistic views and let God be God. Praise God. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. So, um, I have a word of prayer in a minute. So next Sunday, um, this is our first new year as a church. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> next week, um, we're going to close out this series on love. And I am going to cast vision for the church for 2019. All right, so if you come next week, you guys are going to get a complete view of what Hope Haven plans to do for the year of 2019. All right, so tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that's interested in Hope Haven, wants to know where about, wants to know what we're doing to come out next week. And we're going to share with you all the things that we plan on doing um, for the rest of this year. So um, we're going to lay out everything for you. Okay, um, everything that we were believing God to do um, that we're already working on. Um, I want to try to be as transparent as possible when it comes to this ministry. Okay, so I don't want to just sneak up on y'all one Sunday and say, we need five million dollars. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you in advance. Look, we're trying to get a new location. As auntie and cousin Ray Ray chip in, let's let's do what we got to do so that we can do what we want to do for this ministry. All right. One thing I had to learn is you cannot be afraid to ask for money when it's for a good cause. Now, if I'm stealing, yeah, I should feel convicted. Or if I'm using the money and misappropriating funds, yeah. But if I'm asking so that we can reach our community and you guys see where your money's going, those of you that bought clothes and bought food and bought, uh, what else we do? The food, the toys, um, all of that. You guys have seen what we are doing in the community and we want to take it to the third power this year. All right, so we want to make a huge impact in the community, not just to be seen, but so that they just know that there's a church that really cares about them in this small corner of, what's the name of this shopping center? South Point. 
Southwood Shopping Center. All right? All right, so this is going to be a big year for us. I'm excited. Anybody excited about what we're going to do this year? <clears throat> I had about three pages of notes that I didn't even get to. Um, maybe I'll come back. Um, but I hope that was enough. You guys understand what we mean by accept. You guys understand? You guys understand evangelism or understood what we talked about last week? Reach. All right, praise God. So hopefully next week, not this Monday, next Monday, I believe, all Android users can actually go on an app and listen to the podcast like, <laughs> like nor normal Apple users, praise God. <laughs> Y'all can feel normal. All right. Father, we thank you for meeting us in this place on today, God. Uh, God, I just want to thank you on today for this word. I want to thank you, God, for allowing us to get a different view. Even when it's not popular, even when it's not understood, even when people are questioning <laughs> what we're doing, God, our foundation is in you. And as long as we focus on you and as long as you're the center and as long as we are lifting your name up, God, I know we're going to be okay. God, touch each and every single person in this room. Touch those that are sick on this set today, God. Touch the babies, God. Heal their bodies, God. Touch the adults, God. Touch those that are traveling, God. Give them traveling mercies, God. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for doors that are opening. We thank you, Lord, for just, just blessings that are falling on us, God, that honestly we're not even deserving of, God. But God, your unmerited favor falls on us to a point to where we just can't say nothing but thank you. God, continue to rain on us, God. Continue to fall on us, God. God, we pray, God, for safety on the next 24 hours, God. Keep us, God, through this, this, this storm, this inclement change of weather, this ice, whatever's getting ready to happen, God. Protect your people, God. Keep us, God. Keep this nation, God. Touch those, God, that are out of work, God, due to the, the shutdown, God. God, we pray, God, that there's some type of agreement and understanding that comes soon. God, touch these families, God, that are living without paychecks right now, God. We ask, God, that you become Jehovah Jireh, God. Provide, God, bring provision, God. Open doors for them, God. And God, we just love you. We thank you. We honor you. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.